0: Beautiful Creation, I'm Tina Jackson, and today we are going to have a discussion about how Satan is the ruler of this earth. And uh, some of you may be thinking, what, that sounds preposterous because uh, God is everything and God owns everything. And today I just really wanted to address this because I think if people understand that uh, we have... A, a part to play on this earth, and also who is the ruler of this earth right now until you change citizenship to the kingdom of heaven. So, as we look at things, because I know that people are saying, Gosh, there's just so many bad things are happening, and there's sickness, there's disease, all these calamities have hit my family or have hit this nation. And we want to really just take a look at the whole scheme of everything. To sort of get an understanding. So, when I say about Satan is the prince of this earth, we're going to look at some scriptures about even Jesus saying it himself. I know in the Revelation it talks about how, you know, uh, Satan fell uh, like lightning, and he came down and he has uh, took a third of the angels. And some of you are familiar with it. There was basically a war that took place in heaven. Satan got pride in him. He saw that God was going to create uh, man in his image and in his likeness, uh, God's image and likeness, and have dominion over the angelic realm. And I know some Bibles change that translation that it says, you know, um, that we're made lower than the angels. And it is that we were to have dominion over the angelic realm. And I believe somewhere in the King James Version, it got changed. But needless to say, going back to that, so Satan was in the heavenly realm. He gets kicked out of heaven. He gets cast down to the earth and he becomes the prince of this earth. And God basically makes Adam and from the dust of the ground, because that was the plan. He is going to make man in his image and likeness and have dominion over this world. He breathes his life into him and says, have dominion. Now, if you're having dominion over something, it's because something is coming at you or you have to take your authority somehow, some way. So today we're going to look at some scripture of the power and authority that God gave Adam. Um, We're also going to look at how Adam, through his sin, brought shame onto him and He basically stops, you know, there's not a whole lot of mention of him working in his power and authority. You'll see it pop up throughout the ages through some of the prophets like Elijah. He'll show the power and the demonstrations of God as well as some other prophets. But it really doesn't begin to really manifest until Jesus comes to redeem us back, to basically take away the shame and the reproach. Because when there's shame on somebody, they don't want to necessarily... Uh, they don't feel worthy enough to come to God to take the power and authority that God has originally gave. So that is why Jesus then comes as he gives that, that chance to wash away that sin so there's no more shame and condemnation and guilt uh, upon a person so that that way they can rise up and begin to take the land back again. That is the basic gist of how I can say that the sin happened. So the Adam and Eve sin brought this this veil over, and it just then you could see it in everyday life. You know, if someone does something sinful, they a lot of times shy away from God, just like Adam and Eve did when they sinned in the garden. They clothed themselves with fig leaves because they were scared about God coming. They, that shame came upon them. And God says, who, who told you you were naked? You know, I didn't tell you that. You know, you did you eat from the knowledge of good and evil? Uh, that is where the, the tormenting of the mind comes in because of the, the mindset of knowing good and evil. You know when you sin. This is the same principle that is going on in the world today. So obviously we need to look at Jesus as our high priest to redeem us, to cleanse us of that, so that way we could be free. Who the Son sets free is free indeed, whether you had an abortion, whether you went through a divorce, whether you've uh, you know, you've know, gone through a lot of grief, a sickness, whatever it is, Jesus can come and take that uh, burden away. So let's go ahead, and I tried to just do a little synopsis of things, and then we're going to take a little bit of time to look at some of the Scripture, because some of you want to say, I hear you saying, I want to see where you're saying that You know, Satan is the prince of this world. Good. I'm glad you're asking that question. So let's go ahead and look at uh, Luke ten, and Jesus himself says it in verse eighteen. He says, and he said to them his disciples, he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now Jesus has now come. He's redeeming us back, and he says, behold, I give you authority to trample upon the serpents. The scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by no means will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now, this is Jesus saying this that he saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He saw this, and that when Satan fell, he began to ha- be the prince of this world. So Jesus also makes mention of this in another spot. John sixteen seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, meaning the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. For it, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin, because they do not believe in me of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more and of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The ruler of this world that they're referring to is Satan. Satan is the ruler of this world and through what Jesus has done, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can now overcome all this. It's the very breath of God, the Holy Spirit, as as God breathed life into Adam with his Ruach breath, and breath came into him. Jesus does likewise. He parallels it with Adam. He breathes the Holy Spirit into the, the disciples, say, receiving now the Holy Spirit, and they receive the Holy Spirit. And then, They had to wait for him to fully come and manifest, but he is now our helper, our comforter, and he manifests through us to help encourage us. But I just wanted to basically, (laughs) didn't mean to get on a little rabbit trail there, but verse 11 says, um, you know, about the judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Satan is judged, and he has an end result that's not going to be good in the end. He's going down to be locked up forever. The Temptation in the Wilderness is an excellent example of how Satan is the ruler of this world. So looking at Matthew 4. And like I said, I'm trying to just address the people that are just so like God's in control of everything. God this, God that. God has some some limitations because there is a prince on this earth that is ruling, but we need to take the power and authority back by listening to the Holy Spirit, by listening to God, knowing and letting him direct, lead, guide, and direct our steps. Matthew 4, and let's take a little look at that. Starting at verse 1, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter had come, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city and set him on the pentacle of the temple. And he said, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give His angels charge over you, and in their hands they will bear you up, lest you dish your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, meaning the devil, It is written, You, are, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Then the devil took Him on the exceedingly high mountain and showed Him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And He said, All these things I give to you if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now you can see clearly in verse 9, it says, All these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. This is showing that Satan has dominion over the atmosphere unless we trump that and take it back by the blood of Jesus. Sin is the very thing that pulled us away from God originally. That veil of sin, of shame, veiled us. That is why they also had to have the blood sacrifices, the the lambs of the yearly, to try to wash away our sins. Now Jesus comes, he does it once and for all. But if you don't know that he's done that and he's cleansed you and that you can now come boldly through the throne of grace and receive mercy from God, receive your forgiveness so you can be set free from that condemnation and guilt, it is, it's only through that receiving that you then feel like you can take your powerful place. It's when you're washed clean that now you are emboldened with the power and authority to take dominion. So, let's look a little bit more at John 17:15. So, John 17:15, now Jesus is talking to God in a prayer about his disciples. And he is like just doing a little prayer to God, you know, basically keeping them away from the evil one, he tells them. So, John Seventeen fifteen. Jesus says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you shall keep them from the evil one for they are not of the world. Just as I'm not of the world, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself and that they may be sanctified by my, by the truth. This, that actually, if you were to take a look at John 17, I mean, this is from verse six, all the way to the end there. uh, It's a very powerful prayer that Jesus is praying over his disciples to the father and basically, you know, telling them, you know, I don't. I don't want them to pray to come out of the world. I want them to pray to take dominion, keep them away from the evil one. Listen, temptations are going to come, and the temptations that come to us are of the devil. Again, he wants you to sin. He wants you to do anything in Galatians five that talks about the flesh, the the sins of the flesh, which is a lot out there. First four um, Galatians five are sexual impurities. You know, lots of things to do with sex. They're the first four things out of the gate, you know. And then it talks a lot about different emotions you may be feeling, like anger and resentment and bitterness. And then there's action ones like murder, you know, and so those are sins. And I, I know we probably don't have to go through all those because your own heart and your own mind convicts you of sin. If you're not walking in love, you're not walking in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You're probably walking in sin, you know. So Jesus is saying, I don't want them to be taken out of the world. Don't just pray to just hurry up and go to heaven. No, no. The prayer is to take dominion over the sickness, over the disease, over people feeling condemned and and brought down. It's about breaking free of that and Jesus being able to, to, to cleanse people's minds so that they could walk in that victory and overcome temptations. Listen, temptations will come daily unless you are truly walking in the spirit, resisting the enemy. You know, in order to resist the enemy, you have to keep your eyes focused in on the Lord, recognizing that there is an enemy, like in Ephesians six and that we can go there too again i'm today's episode is to show you that there is truly an enemy in this world, and his name is Satan, and he is the prince of this world uh and but yet. Jesus has overcome that, okay? So we'll probably talk a little bit more about your power and authority either later this episode or maybe another episode. So let's go ahead and look at Ephesians 6, again, just trying to prove some of the facts of Satan being the prince of this world, and that there are spiritual forces of wickedness that we are fighting against. To really understand Ephesians, I I am all for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and some people have different ways of explaining it. I simply explain it as uh, asking the Holy Spirit to come into you. You know, it's a basically an Acts 1 and 2 episode where Jesus says, wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. He's going to come up and out through your vocal cords and on you, and that is Acts 2, the speaking in tongues. I know a lot of churches are against that, and I encourage you that if that is a church that you're at, I would encourage you to look into the scriptures yourself, because that is a very powerful tool about speaking in tongues, and if you've been running with me a while, you know that I have a whole book on that, a whole teaching, uh, looking to see if my book is here but have a whole teaching on the mysteries revealed on speaking in tongues and the powerhouse behind that. But Ephesians 6 is basically understood when you are spiritually born again. Sometimes the things of the spirit, If when people talk about the spiritual realm, angels and demons, and if there's any like, huh, I don't want to hear about that, I would encourage you, you're probably not spiritually born again. You know, a lot of people don't mind the angel part, but the word of the demons or demonic spirits of oppression or demonic activity, a lot of people don't want to believe that. It feels too scary to believe. But in all reality, it is a real thing. Jesus had to cast out demons, and you could find that in the Word of God. He cast out demons. They manifested. One guy had legion of demons. They're real. They did not go away when Jesus came and went. They are still present. <laughs> right, Sasha? Sasha, my kitty cat down here, is is, is, is agreeing down here. And uh, so let's look at Ephesians 6. Looking at Ephesians 6, verse 10, I know a lot of the Sunday schools talk about this, and it's wonderful, about the armor of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you are able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, you are going to stand up against the, the principalities of the devil. It's what you are called to do. If you go back to Genesis 1, and uh, it, that is Genesis one twenty six, God gave us dominion over the atmosphere. We're going to take a little time out, and let's go to Genesis 1 real fast, just real fast, because you need to see that you have been given uh, back with Adam. And and because he didn't partake in it, he didn't put the serpent down, he just sort of kind of probably walked in that shame and just didn't bother working in it anymore. But if Genesis one twenty six. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth. We are to have dominion over all of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God made man in his image and likeness. And then he goes on to say, and for them to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. If you have to subdue it, it's because there's an enemy force at you. If there wasn't an enemy force, you wouldn't have to subdue it. You would just relax and sit back. So you have to subdue it and have dominion. So I wanted to just quickly just take that little time out and going back now, let's go back to Ephesians 6. That uh, Looking at verse 11, it says, Now put on the whole armor, of God, that you are able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And then it goes on to saying, Therefore take up your armor of God that you're able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And then it goes on to talk about your different parts of your armor, which is a whole beautiful, 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 beautiful chapter. Love Ephesians 6. I read it often to encourage myself in the Lord and just to just constantly be uh, aware of my spiritual armor. In the spiritual realm, when you have your armor on, the demonic realm cannot see who it is. And what it sees is Jesus. When you are living and walking in the spirit, the demonic realm sees Jesus. You have your armor on. You are looking, and you are become one like He is one. You have become one with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in the spiritual realm, the demonic realm doesn't know the difference. God, you know, they—that is a very powerful testimony I tell in one of my book, that book, "Mysteries Revealed on Speaking in Tongue." When I talk about the uh, bikers, demons, and tattoos. God had showed me that. I was terrified, I'll be honest with you. When I cast out my first demon, I was scared. And God told me, he goes, Tina, that demon does not see you. It sees Jesus. You have your armor on. Now, and I did, of course, verse 18, now pray in the Holy Spirit, Tina. You got your armor on. Now pray in the Holy Spirit. In order to beat the demonic realm, the spiritual principalities of darkness and and the rulers of darkness, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and why you if you're scared of the Holy Spirit, I ask why, why would you be scared of the Holy Spirit? He's our teacher, he's our comforter, he's the very presence that raised Jesus from the dead. You need the Holy Spirit to be raised from the dead later. You know you need him so prominent in your life, the God, the Father, God, the Son, and God the Holy spirit they're all three different. And yet they're all three one. And they're very powerful. And I personally, I can distinguish sometimes when they're, who's speaking to me, whether it's God, the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit. And as you walk more with the Lord, you can do that. And again, I apologize for background noise. That is the kitty cat. She is uh, making herself ever present. Okay, so... We were talking again about Satan being the prince of this world. And hopefully that established some of it. There are more scriptures out there, but I think that is enough two to three scriptures. You know, it just basically shows you, especially with Jesus. Temptation in the wilderness. That is just the best. Uh, Just, you know, Satan saying, hey, I'll give you this whole kingdom if you bow down and worship me. And going back to that whole time of Matthew and uh, the wilderness, there was three things that Satan's going to come to you at. You know, one, it was you know turning the stone to bread. And when you look at that, it's about li- live by the word of God, not by your fleshly desires. You know, Jesus says, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God." and it's about self sacrifice it's about sacrificing yourself to the things of god it's about humbling yourself at times and going to certain people and just being nice to even the enemies you know about it's 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 about just taking God at his word and really meditating on it That is one of the temptations that's going to come your way, and everyone is going to get tested and tried. You are going to get tested in every part of your life. You're going to get tested in your family. You're going to get tested in your workplace, your marriage, your children, your health. Those are things that are going to be tested in every single believer or even non-believer because it is about taking the word of God and then beginning to learn and get closer to God to become victorious over those trials and tribulations. That again is probably going to be a whole nother episode. um, But I just wanted to throw that at you. Um, uh, When Satan was tempting Jesus about throwing himself down and the angels will bear you up. uh, The, the self hurt in hopes that God will help you is Sometimes I think a a stumbling block of temptation for most people at sometimes when you are really down and low. You know, some people have suicidal thoughts, some people. Just do some radical things when life is crashing down, when the trials and tests are coming and they're like, well, God, if you love me, you will do this. Or, you you know, it makes things, the bargaining chips with God saying, if you love me, God, you will do this, this and this. You know what? Is he your God? Or are you God over trying to be God over God? You know, he has to be your Lord. And there is a reason for why things might not be going the way they should be going or the ways that you had believed that they would go. There are answers to that. And it takes a deep pressing into the things of God to find the answers. And it's not always pleasant. I know that because we are living in a fallen world. This is not heaven. Let's go to our little third spot because we are um, finishing up here. Worship. If you bow down and worship me, which God will you serve? Are you going to serve the God of this world or are you going to serve the heavenly kingdom of God? And that again is the true worship. I worship you, Lord, with all my heart, soul, and mind. You know. And it's about again a self-sacrifice, you know. If your children hate you because you're running with the Lord, will you let them go? You know, or will you choose to forsake God and just bow to the kids' demands or even your spouse or something? And you know, there's a right and wrong way of going about everything. Don't get me wrong about every you know, the circumstances of life. But who is your God that you are worshipping? Money? Is it, you know, fame? Is it what are the, the, the food? it could be food, you know, you're consumed and possessed with with, with constantly eating. There's always a temptation that Satan's going to bring, but I want to encourage you today as we wrap it up that God has given you power and authority over all of this. And right now, let's just do a prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are shining wisdom and knowledge that yes, Satan is my enemy and he is here, but Jesus has come to give me life and life more abundantly. I tap into the power and the presence of God, asking for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in all things. I learn today to take my, my authority and power back through the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for today. Thank you that today I will walk in a greater victory. And I will learn more about you and your kingdom and your ways and be able to resist the enemy in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And don't forget that you are a beautiful creation in Christ Jesus. Thanks for joining me.